1: now for The Bradfoe Show with Rob Bradford. With Rob Bradford on W-E-E-I. WEI.
2: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey
3: app. Alright, welcome back to The Bradfoe Show here at the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. Coops with me. I'm here, Rob Bradford. Buster Olney, thanks so much for joining. You can check that out. We'll put that up on The Bradfoe Show podcast page a little bit later uh he was awesome i mean i could have coop as you could tell i could have talked to him
4: people are blowing up about this i'm really? just i'm letting you know
3: okay well they should be i mean it was it was, it was good stuff it was i mean this is what buster the buster, buster delivers well buster delivers and he's of the same sort of ilk as like with bob ryan bob ryan came on the broadcast with us at when that day bill russell died and it's the same deal, man. Like, there's nothing phony. Like, he's clearly passionate about it. He, he does his research. He talks to people. And so when, when we have these conversations, he knows what he's, what's going on. This isn't like a, a national guy getting dropped in, sort of talking in generalities. Like, he knows what's going on. He obviously is from New England, from Vermont. So he, he keeps in touch in that way. But more beyond that, he just he knows the inner, inner workings of exactly what we're talking about. We... I'm talking about things that I can talk about because I'm here every day. I'm, I'm talking to guys every day. I'm reporting on things every day. But I'm in this one market, Buster's all over the place, and he still knows just as much as anybody in this market. And that's why we can have those sort of conversations. But it was a good time.
4: Good time. Great time, had by all. Great time.
3: All right. Well, speaking of great times, we had one yesterday with Jonathan Papelbon. And so before we get to really get you ready for tonight's game, what we're calling Fork in the Road Sunday – Uh, the Yankees, Red Sox, Michael Walker pitching, and Ian Brown of MLB.com. He's going to be coming down to the studio here to give us an update of what Alex Cora talks about with the media a little bit. But like we said, we are to entertain, inform, all the above. Also, make every day we make national news. We did it today with probably with Buster. Yesterday, we did it with Jonathan Papelbon. It was the interview everybody was talking about, so we would be remiss if we did not play it for you again in case you were at the beach, you didn't hear it. We want to play it for you once again. So here's the, the vast majority, the big chunk of the Jonathan Papelbon interview in the, with the Bradfoe Show from yesterday. Go, alright, this is Bradford show. And when when we want the most notable, the, the biggest media stars, the people who know what's what when it comes to what's what, we turn to the people. The people that need to be turned to. And that's today. Jonathan Papelbaum. What's going on, man?
5: What's up, Rob? How we doing, man?
3: Oh, man. The 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 adrenaline's coursing through my veins after hearing that song. We just had some good uh, walking oh, man, music.
5: I mean, doesn't it just get you going? I mean, it's like, you know, everybody wants to talk about Diaz these days, man. Uh, you know, I, I got to sometimes let some of these people know, you know, where, where the walkout song came out, man, and, and who is – Number one of all time. And when you hear shipping to Boston, you know what's up.
3: Ooh, well, number one of all time? Uh, uh, the, the Yeah. Uh, above yeah. Mariano. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, above Mariano. Mar-
5: Who? Who you talking about? <laughs> Who's that?
3: <laughs> well, I will w- – and Brian Barrett's joining us, and Coop. You remember Coop from the podcast uh, with the great hair and uh, all all that good cannabis talk you guys had oh so, yeah
5: coop with, uh, yeah. with with the boyish
3: good looks yeah oh yeah, yeah. coop say hey, what up
4: pap how you doing dog <laughs> what's up my man yes. I miss you
3: and and by the way we're going to get to it in a second coop the commissioner the commissioner pap commissioner of the craft show oh god Redford i got I give him his good hands man Oh yeah, well we the got commit, a lot to get man. to. We got like a lot I mean, if
4: if anyone knows anything, the commissioner is just there to be the whipping boy. I, like I'm just there to get yelled at.
3: It's more than just a piece of
4: metal, Coop. All
3: right, <laughs> so uh, so so Pap, uh, there's a lot to get to here. Number one, so when you talk about your entry music, since we were talking about it, I had heard that you wanted to change it. Is that true? Did you want to change it at one point? No, no, actually,
5: I I first came out to, uh, you know, Wild Thing, right? Well, then uh, Sarah McKenna, who has been with the Red Sox for years, takes care of the wives, and, you know, I got to give her props, man. She was like, you know, we got to step this up. And I was like, let's step it up, you know? And so she got in in contact with
3: Uh Uh-oh.
5: it's all it's all downhill after that.
3: <laughs> well, we lost you there for a second, but we get the gist of it. So uh all right, well and you're proclaiming best of all time, best entrance music of all time.
5: No question. I mean, you gotta look at a lot of different things when when, when, when it comes into into play. Number one, the fans. The fans of Boston went absolutely I'm not even allowed to cuss, am I? They went nuts, right? And um, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, Yankee Stadium with Mo, it was all great and everything, but you know, it just didn't have the same effect. Now I will say Diaz is the close second Ooh. to Cinco Ocho.
3: Oh, all right. And then you, I had got the, Mo, you had the hoff. You, you had the great idea on the podcast about selling trumpets to the fans.
5: Yeah, did they listen to me or no? Have, or do we need to do that, Rob? Uh, well, I mean, I, mean, we, I know you can... got a daughter's wedding to cut to pay for here soon, so um, you know I think that could be a little spare cash it, for you.
3: It is true. That the open bar is going to swing on whether or not I can sell trumpets for the Edwin D. Rob. You're going to be
4: out in Flushing Meadows <laughs> just selling trumpets on the sidewalk.
3: All right, hey, listen, Pap. So, uh, all right, we've we've got to we got that out of the way. Best walking music of all time. Brian Barrett's here, and he has a question about which I think is going to scratch right where you itch. Okay, go ahead, Brian.
4: Okay, Pat. So, did you see the game a couple of weeks ago when Sale got his finger injured?
5: Yes, I did.
4: Okay, so in the, the first game, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so in the first inning, of course, it, Rafi had been owning Cole, so Cole knocked him down right in that first inning. Rafi kind of looked back at him. I'm wondering this, so. Today or tomorrow, if there's a blowout, either way, should somebody on the Red Sox knock down a Yankee?
5: No question about. It. That's a dumb question. Dumb
4: question. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, they haven't yes reacted yet. Yes. That's my yes. problem.
5: And, and, and we'll see. This is a problem with the game today. Is it's changed, and you know you throw people down and then you got you get suspended and all the other BS, and it's like just let the players police the game. That's what I miss about the game now. Is you look in the past, and the players were the ones who policed the game, not the damn umpires or the coaches or any of them. It was the players, and that is what the game has lost. And, you know, like here's another thing, too, is this whole Tatis stuff, man, like, man, I'm it, 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 it almost enrages me because, you know, I work my ass off for – so much, so hard, and did it the right way, you know? And for me to see stuff like that, man, it just, man, it hurts me so bad. And, and, like, I'll tell you right there, if I was pitching, every single time I face that dude, I'm drilling him. I don't care if I'm bringing
3: in a run and losing the game. <laughs>
4: That's why we need you back in the game, Pap. Well, That's why we need you.
3: I mean, well, Pap, I don't know if you saw. So, his, it's not a lot of times where you see the teammates – throw a guy under the bus as well. I mean, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. You well, see it's that? half
5: of them. I don't know if you saw it. They 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 were saying, you know, hey, he ain't been here all year. We ain't needed him. So we don't need him anymore. So I think that his teammates are pissed off about it, number one, because now they got to answer all these damn questions about it instead of focusing on what really matters. You see what I'm saying? And so – in my opinion, uh, as this continues, the Padres are just going to just fall by the wayside.
3: Well, who was the player? So, I had gave an example of a guy. Uh, you remember Brendan Donnelly? You remember him? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. he actually, I remember he came back. and I was trying to remember the guy. He came back and he, he said on the record, he's like, I came back for the sole purpose of hitting this guy. Like, he did not like a certain guy. I don't know who it was.
5: But, uh, yeah, it, it it was, it was, um, Joey, uh, I don't know, he played for the Mariners. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So was there a guy yeah. that, was there a guy that you like disliked where he's was like, if I don't either, I'm going to brush him back, I'm going to make him uncomfortable, or maybe I'm going to give him one in the ribs.
5: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Randy Machado, uh, Sammy Sosa. I mean, dude, I could go on and on. But the thing is, though, is it's a mutual respect from the players, and all that is gone, Rob. Like it's all gone, and so I, I feel like that's what's missing from the game. And uh, you know, I mean, it's one of those things now where I mean, look, if if you're not protecting your team, I mean, you just it, it, it's it's like do you want to give in to the bully on the block and keep getting your ass kicked every day, Or are you going to punch back? You know what I mean? Well,
3: well let me ask you this. It is Jonathan Pappelbond's joining us here on the Bradford show. And so uh, let me ask you this. So to Brian's point, how impactful is it when you do get in a scrap with somebody, when somebody does do that for your team? And, and obviously, uh, you know, you can go back. You had a few of these, but how impactful is it for a team to to have that sort of unity and know that you have each other's backs and know that hey yeah, you bet the bullpens emptied out and and we're getting into it with it is that like is that a cliche thing or is it a very real thing that can help a team?
5: Absolutely not, Rob. Let me ask you this question, right? Yes. What happened? Okay, for all the years, I mean, you could go back from to the seventies to the early two thousands with the Red Sox, Yankees beat up the Red Sox, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. Okay. Well, then, what happened when Pedro comes along, and then Shil comes along, and all these guys that are saying, you know what, we're not gonna take this anymore, right? And they start punching back on the Yankees. Well, then you create an environment and a culture of, hey, look, we're not we're not standing down back down from nobody. So then, what happens? Red Sox win 0-4. And then you create that culture. What happens? That Red Sox winning seven 13 You keep going on and on. So I believe it has a huge
3: effect. Can I give you a flip side of that? What happened against you guys? And maybe you'll disagree with this, but Tampa, Tampa back. the James James Shields Coco Crisp thing, right? I mean, Tampa no was no question. Tampa about was it. like you know uh, we're you know we're the worst team in the division, and Joe Maddon's trying to get things going. But then you got in a fight with the big, bad Red Sox, like, right?
5: No question about it. And then what happens, right? They end up beating us, going to the World Series. And, you know, I was, I was a firm believer if if, the, if if Tampa would not have had that kind of culture and atmosphere grow with a veteran like James Shields, we would have ran through them again and we would have won another championship because Philly at the time, I think they had Cole Hamels and you know, we we might have gotten, you know, it, it, we would have whooped them too. But <laughs> there, there's no question about it, and that's what's that's what's gone today. But um, shoot, man, at the end of the day, what are you going to do now? Because the game has changed, and, and the rules have changed, and with yeah. the rules changing, you know, it changes the game with the rules. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Pap, I have a question for you. So you've been outspoken about Bloom. I'm wondering from your perspective, based on what transpired at the trading deadline, what didn't happen before the season, a bunch of these guys, the Devers, the Bogarts, without extensions, what do you think the conversations are internally in the clubhouse right now between the players? I'll tell you what they are. WTF. <laughs> WTF What
5: is going on. Okay? Because... As a player, you almost want that GM to kind of be w- uh, another player and say, "All right, guys, look, you didn't cut it this year, so we're gonna cut we're gonna cut the cord and we're sellers." And you make it very clear. Or, "Hey, guys, look, man, we're fighting our asses off, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna get you some help." Well, I I I just think with Blue, there's so many mixed signals and. You know, it's just like players are sitting there in the in, in the clubhouse just with no clue. And that creates doubt and that creates, you know, an atmosphere of, you know, what's our job? And and it just it, it starts to fester, man, and that's I think what's going on.
3: Well, when you have you ever I can't even remember a team that would be like this for you. But a team where they say, Hey, listen, we're building and we're gonna be for sustainability and for the future and everything else. Because when you were playing here, everything was no, we gotta win now and if we don't win now, we're gonna we're gonna invest even more the next year. And even in Philadelphia, I think it was like that for you guys, right? I mean yes, you, it you, was. You, were yeah. ne- you were you were never on that team where, uh, you know what, you just patience, patience, patience. It, it was never like that for any of your
5: team. No, I I I was fortunate enough to never be on one of those teams until about my Third or fourth year in Philadelphia when, it you know, Ruben Amaro was handed – no lie, he was handed – in Philadelphia, I went there, one, because they were the the ones that wanted me the most, and two, I thought I was going to go there and win two more championships, at least, Rob. I mean, you look at what we have. We have Roy Halliday, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hambles, Cliff Lee, myself. I mean – Ruben Amaro was handed the, the keys to a damn Lamborghini and crashed it. <laughs> and then we get to the point where it's like, okay, well, that's gone. And everybody knew it. at at some point now we're going to be complete sellers and this is all gone. Well, at least players knew that. You know what I'm saying? At least players could, could ex- know what to expect. But mm. – I think it's just a real bad deal when the players are sitting there in the clubhouse looking at each other, saying, "What's going on?" It's hard to play that way, man.
3: Yeah, and like I said, with the Red Sox, I don't think I don't remember that ever happening. I mean, because it just wasn't accepted. There was it was expected that you were going to win, and if you weren't going to win, they were going to like pay way above market value for anybody for anybody that was going to help them win. I mean, go back to it, Pat. Correct. I mean, uh, Lackey. Uh, Carl Crawford, um, you know, he, 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 like, they, when they wanted a guy, they're going to blow him away. And I'm not Ad- saying that's Adrian always a right Gonzalez. To, Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian yeah, Gonzalez, right? I mean, he, a, he, yeah. He, like, you know, trading Anthony Rizzo was not an easy decision, but would say we say we need this guy to win the here and the now. Jonathan Pappelbon is joining us. And, and by the way, you can check him out. He did maybe the best podcast of all time. And, and your own podcast.
5: Plug your own plug. Yeah, you're not talking now. to the PAP right now. You're talking yeah. to Cinco Ocho, kid.
3: Uh, <laughs> people in Philadelphia loved you. I remember, I remember going to Philadelphia and interviewing you. They're like, what? Wait, what, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I knew exactly what you were talking about. By the way, the manager of the Red Sox gave you the, that nickname, correct?
5: Yeah, him and Alex Cora. Yeah, Alex Cora. Yeah. Right, Alex Cora. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was back in the day when you had Chad Ocho Cinco and, you know, AC was like, man, you know, we 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 got to make you Cinco Ocho, right? And so, you know, that's where it all came about, man. And, um, you know, I took on that persona when I took this field, man. I, it wasn't Pap. You weren't playing against Pap. Wow. You started to deal with Cinco Ocho, whether you liked it or not.
3: And when you're podcasting, you don't deal. You're not podcasting with Pap. You're podcasting with Cinco Ocho, correct? Yes. 100%. 100%. All right. Keep all, keep everything coming, Pat. Keep it rolling. All right? You're yes, doing sir. a great yes, job. Yes,
5: sir. Y'all have fun, man. Let's go socks tonight.
3: All right. All right. That's the great Jonathan Papelbon. All right. There you go. Jonathan Papelbon from yesterday. You can catch that on the Bradford Show podcast page. We're way behind schedule, but that's okay because we've had some great interviews. Buster Olney, catch that all as well. He was on with us making all kinds of news. spitting all kinds of truths also Jonathan Papavon you just heard awesome stuff and next after this break we got the great Ian Brown coming straight from the Alex Cora press conference a lot of news going on there but why just read it when we can have actually boots in the ground Ian Brown give us to us straight but first we're going to trend
1: your home of the Sox now here's what's trending on WEEI
3: All right, quick trending now here. This is what's trending now in WEI and WEI.com. By the way, you can tune in to WEI this Red Sox season as they broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studios before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, official truck of the Red Sox. Red Sox take on the Yankees in the final game. They can either win the series or lose the series. It's science. Michael Walker has taken the mound for the Red Sox. He has been activated to make room for him on the roster. Darwin's and Hernandez has been sent to AAA. You're going to hear all the live action with Will Fleming, Joe Castiglione, and Sean McDonough on the Shaws and Star Market Red Sox radio network. Also a pregame show with myself. That'll be about 615, 610. We can get that to you as well. So like you said, Red Sox, big game, revolution. What happened with the Revolution. Coop, what's going on with, with the revolution? They kicked the ball around. They kicked the ball. All right, yeah. I think they're about five hundred. That's about that's mm-hmm. what's trending now. On WEI,WI.com, dot Ian Brown next.
1: You're listening to The Bradfoe Show on Boston Sports Original, WEEI.
0: Welcome back to The
3: Bradfoe Show here at Fenway Park, the Ford Clubhouse Studios. Coop, he's weird. Hello, say hello, Coop. There you go. That a boy. Uh, Hello, Coop, say
4: Hello. Say hello, Coop. I'm trying to do the trending for you, all right? I know you are. I know you're running around. I'm running around all over the place. I know you
3: are. And uh, he's also, by the way, Commissioner Coop, Commissioner of the Bradford Show Fantasy Football League. So he's got a lot on his plate. Also in studio right now, downtown, boots in the ground, Ian Brown. Ian, what's going on?
0: Hey, I'm doing well. A lot going on today. I didn't ask you how you were
3: doing, but that's fine if you're doing well. It's great. Uh, A lot going on. Yeah, so a lot of hubbub you can tell, red-sized Yankees. Uh, but you were in the Alex Cora press conference. You oh. said he was in a good mood.
0: He was in a good mood. Seemed very, very relaxed today. So uh, we'll, we'll see what that means. He's got one of his starting pitchers going going today, and Michael Walker, who we haven't seen in about five weeks. So maybe that has him in a good mood. He notes that uh, things started to go downhill when they lost Walker, and then they lost Hill two days later, and that really sort of depleted their what you- rotation depth.
3: Uh, what in I the the record they have without Trevor's story bizarrely is terrible too.
0: Yeah, it's all that uh, his his UZR and his range factor and oh man, all, all that stuff. Don't yeah. don't get me excited when you talk about
3: UZR and range factor. All right, so what did you uh, Alex Cora? What was the news of the day?
0: Give well, me power we, rank the news of the day. Ian, I got a power rank number one news because we've been waiting for it day after day after day asking for Tanner Houck updates and there was nothing. <sighs> Um, today, he said that uh, the last step for Tanner Houck before they can kind of give him a diagnosis is tomorrow he's going to see a spine specialist. And I know that doesn't sound good. That's not sound good. But I think it's, it's just a case they're covering all their bases. They want to make sure everything's OK uh, before they get him back on the track of playing catch, uh, throwing off the mound and getting him to pitch again this year. Because this guy is so important to their future uh, that they're not going to just you know have him gut it out. Uh, so they can have this remote chance they have right now of, uh, of making the playoffs. So I think if if that appointment goes well tomorrow, I think you know you could see him maybe by uh, by September, late August. Can
3: I just say this? I'm a little wary every time they give injury updates.
0: That's true. You know they they do they do sound overly Let's go optimistic.
3: Down, you know, you've lost kind of the benefit of the doubt this year, where you go down the list: Whitlock, Evaldi. Even story, it was sort of like, oh, you know, we'll see. Nothing, yeah. nothing nothing, major. What's going on? You know, Kike Hernandez, another one. So when you say spine specialist, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It you're not, you're it not just, buying it? Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not buying it. It just does not make me all warm and fuzzy inside. All right. Well, Tanner Huck, that's an important one. What else you got?
0: The other thing is that uh, Kike Hernandez and, and Ref Snyder both played at uh, Portland today. Ref Snyder actually belted two homers. Uh, Hernandez got three at best. So it sounds like both those guys are going to be on the plane to Pittsburgh and they will be activated Tuesday. That means anything. Jaron
3: Duran and Jalen Davis back to Worcester.
0: You would, you would think so. Yeah. I mean, although you got to remember Yolmer Sanchez is still on this roster too. So, Ooh, yeah, got to buy. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you might keep one of those guys. I, you know, I think that Duran just needs to, keep playing every day i don't think it's gonna do him any good to sit up here and watch but him. he's not gonna play every day i mean i mean play every day in worcester, worcester. yeah 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 yeah, yeah I just don't think it's gonna do any good to have him watch Keith by the way away.
3: so i i feel like i applaud him for the effort last night
0: but the, but the 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 ball that he jumped for at the wall he jumped for it like he was like 30 feet away from yeah that was that was not not what you're looking for out there we're um Verdugo, that makes me think of something else. Verdugo was playing really well in right field, which is not uh, what we necessarily expected when he made that position switch a couple weeks ago. And Cora actually said today, he said um, Verdugo was actually nervous when they told him he was moving out to right cause he had.
3: I would be field. nervous too. It's like it's hard. I don't know if you know this. It's hard to play out there. But he
0: looks. I mean, he went. Uh, he went back to the wall and made that oh, catch man. on uh, Rizzo. Rizzo and, yeah, that was a great catch. I thought that know. was gone. Yeah, me too. And the one before that where he sort of stepped in for a second. Yep. And then recovered and made a real – I thought that was definitely over his head. Um, and he went back and got that. So that, that's been encouraging to see him play uh, right field. That gives him something to think about kind of going forward here.
3: So those are the two big news items. Anything else or nothing?
0: No, just that uh, you know, Cora continues to be optimistic. I think you know, everybody on the outside has written this team off. Let's face it, everybody. Um, well, you're four, uh, you're four and a half now. I went on Fangraph today, and it was a 0.5% chance of making the World Series. Is that true? Making the World Series, yeah. But it's, I think 14.5 uh, to make the playoffs, I believe it was. So, yeah, but Cora's like, look, you know, I, I know there's a lot of teams in front of us, but we play a lot of these teams, and he's still clinging on to the fact that when they get healthy and he sees Kike coming back, uh, he sees Waka back now, he sees hopefully Story back uh, before the end of the month. So once he gets some semblance of health, he you know he thinks they can make a run. Who knows? I mean, it, feels, it does feel a little delusional to me. I mean – We've just seen how – we've been just waiting for it so long. And every time you look at the standings, it says Red Sox last 10 games, like three and seven. Like, do you feel like it's been like that for like a month and a half? Well, now?
3: that's the problem I said we can call this fork in the road Sunday and say you win today, you win tonight, you feel good about things, you go into Pittsburgh, you take care of business, then you play the Orioles. But the problem with all of that is that you don't necessarily prove that you have a good team that can do that.
0: No, no. I mean, you need to go out and win. You need to have one of those eight out of ten stretches right now or 10 out of 13 or something like that and we just haven't seen that really you know the whole thing changed when they went from cleveland to toronto i mean they were people forget this team was rolling they were 19 and 5 in june when they got on that plane and went to toronto and from there just uh, everything has changed since then and they haven't been able to get that any semblance of a winning feeling back uh, since that so that was what uh a month and a half ago now, six weeks where they've really been playing losing baseball.
3: All right. Can you hang on for another segment or are you gotta go? Sure. I'll, I'll hang on. Oh all right. What a what a show we're having, Coop. Let's go. We're having a great time. We're having a great time. We're having a great time. Brad Bradfoe show, subscribe, listen, and review the whole ball of wax. And Ian. Uh, I don't know if how familiar you are with the Brad Show Fantasy Football League.
0: I've heard a little bit about it from some forces, right. yeah.
3: Okay, well, maybe we'll let you uh, do the igno- basically do the introductory, uh, like, let's get ready to rumble or something <laughs> like that. Can you do that? I can do it, yeah. Are you a fantasy football guy?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm in two leagues every year. All right. After the, s- one of my sons beats me in both of them. You can't really do more in two leagues. Like no, I can't. Yeah.
3: We, we had asked uh, Ambassador Joe Kelly to be part of it, he said he was in four leagues. He couldn't oh, do sure, it fair. Sure.
4: He's got a problem. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, that's just the problem? Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm the like, only one?
3: That's it. Yes. I mean, we asked this manager, but he was asleep. Uh, all right. Well, this is the Bradfoe Show. Bradfoe Show podcast. Bradfoe Show on the radio. Ian Brown, downtown. Boots in the ground. Ian Brown, mob.com When he comes back, we're going to talk a lot about what we talked about with Buster Olney. I want to get Ian's opinion. Devers, Bogarts, the whole ball of wax. That's what everyone's talking about. We're going to continue to talk about it as well right after this. Let's go. Let's go, Ian Brown. Downtown boots on the ground. Ian Brown, IanBrownMLB.com. Let's go. All right, I'm ready. What do you all got? All right. Okay. Here's what I got.
4: Coop, you all right back there? I just want to check it I'm doing right. great. Commissioner Coop. Keeping everything afloat back here. Making you, you guys look pretty up there. Oh,
3: you are. By the way, I wanted to compare Coop's hair with Benintendi's hair. That was one thing I did not oh, get yeah. done this weekend.
0: I thought he looked like – I'm like, who does he look like? There, there you go. You, oh, Benintendi?
3: Let black Let hair if you had blacker hair
0: blacker yeah. hair. i don't have that hair. black hair mine's like no, a nice no. brown. His, he is black yeah his is
3: uh, yours, yeah yours is a nice chestnut
4: thank you i've, I've never heard my hair described like that oh, thank you you're yeah. painting a picture for the the folks listening i
3: do i think it would have been a great exercise if we didn't have to do all these excellent bradford shows on the radio uh if we could have gone down there and compared hair he would Benenten. have been so uncomfortable but he was electric in his, his uh his he
0: really braininess. was i mean when he said he went to brugger's oh to, my it. goodness to make up for lost time in Boston, that was just uh, delicious. You know what's funny about that? He
3: said, he's like, what did you go? What do you do? Oh, I went to Brugger's. I bag- mean, I, li- I like Brugger's too. But he's, like, a, well,
4: he's, he's a New York guy there. too now.
0: Well, like New York is supposed to be it, well, known for it,
3: good bagels, it, it and remind, he comes back to it Boston. Reminded, it reminded me of the Office episode when Michael Scott goes, I love to come to New York for an original slice. Uh, like, I, always, I always go to Sparrow's. Uh, but he said, uh, I, like to, I wanted to make sure I went to Brugger's Because I grew up going to Brugger. Well, guess what? You could go to Brugger like anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, he said there was one there where he used to live in Boston. There was a Brugger. Uh,
3: how How about the answer he gave to my question? Oh, oh,
0: the one. Oh, how how long does it feel like how it's long been? Does it
3: feels like since you made the catch in Houston. And then he's like, "How
0: long ago was that?" You were like four years. He's like, "Yeah, oh, it feels like it was." Four feels years. like four years ago. <laughs> not. Uh, I like Andrew Benintendi, but not uh, the one to light up a room with his personality. No. It.
3: It. The funny thing was, and you know, it's fun, Maybe we should do this for two seconds. Is, is reflect on Benintendi's return to Boston. Because he does the press conference, and then you know Brock Holt tweets out the thing, the hashtag boo Benny, <laughs> kind of kidding, like kidding. But I think people like sort of took it serious because it was a weird reception when he got up. It was there was like a lot more
0: booze than I thought there were, and there was no acknowledgement from him. It was they did the montage. Yeah, there was a nice little reception after the montage. Uh, and then he came, so it was weird because then he's coming to the plate. So what are you going to give him another reception? Yeah, but he never acknowledged. It was just it was yeah, well, it was anticlimactic. I thought they would. Give I mean, him you, the, uh,
3: you're a, you're sort of a Red Sox historian. Yeah. It was trying to. Think it was of, not Wade Boggs. Uh, no, there's like not Wade doctor. Boggs. Johnny, the, the drama of Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon was. Great, but Johnny Damon was like I mean, a, like, a, like a applause, and the next time it was booze, I mean, right? the, the lo-
0: yeah, the loudest one I ever heard. Uh, one of the loudest ones was actually Orlando Cabrera, for a guy who played three months with the Red Sox. When he came back with the Angels, I mean, the, the place went crazy. Not, not kidding.
3: So, what would you compare? Because I, I honestly, you're the perfect person to do this. Your, your, um, your ability to recall and stuff is incredible. How would you compare Ben uh sort of applause or intro the other night? Well, is there
0: anybody you would compare it to? No, because it was just sort of um, underwhelming. Like there wasn't like usually the guy tips his cap or even if he's getting booed, he'll sort of, but it was just, uh, there was not a lot of emotion behind it, which I guess is fitting because Ben doesn't have a lot of emotion either. So I don't think,
3: he- do you think that this is where we factored, does it have anything to do with the uniform he's wearing at all?
0: Yeah, because it's like, Rob, usually, you know, you're going to boo the guy who's on the Yankees because he signs there by choice. Like Damon did, like Ellsbury did, um, like Boggs did. Uh, Clemens kind of went there by choice, even though not directly from the Red Sox. So it was easy to make those guys villains. But Benintendi didn't choose to be on the Yankees. The Red Sox traded him to Kansas City. He's still wearing
3: a Yankees uniform.
0: So it's it's kind of like if you're booing him, though, it's kind of like... What are you booing him for? The fact that the Red Sox traded him? I mean, that, that's, that's I, not his
3: fault. You, you were... I
0: think the crowd didn't know what to do. I think that they were confused. Like, they're used their they, reflexes to boo, but they couldn't do and it. And then
3: I think they were made even more confused by Brock Holt's tweet yeah, bro. saying, I, does he really want us to boo him or whatever? But, you know, I go back to... I wonder how it was that this is a different time, but when Louis Tiant went to the Yankees. I know that's as an a, interesting as one, a yeah. kid... As a kid, I was just a kid. You were barely born, yeah. but I was like, "Oh man, like that was that was a dagger." Like,
0: yeah, I don't he, think they. I don't think they booed him. I mean, yeah, just, I don't you know, think it was the same deal. Too beloved. Yeah, uh, I, and so, I think Boggs got a huge ovation when he when he came in. I remember. Yeah, he, he did. He got he got
3: four hits in his first game back here. I mean, Clemens, we know what what happened there. The yeah, whole life. Clemens
0: was booed with Toronto, and then really booed with the Yankees, and. Uh, Towards the end, they started cheering for him again. So uh, it's interesting how it comes around. Yeah, wait till Joe Kelly
3: comes back. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the ultimate litmus test. All right, so as we said, earlier in the show, we had Buster Olney of ESPN on, and he's always great. I could talk to him for a million hours. And uh, one of the things he said, which people are all riled up over on Twitter, is that he said that it will basically be he believes The Red Sox will make an offer to Devers that he can't refuse, which, by the way, so as people point out, he was on, I think, with Brian Barrett uh, a couple months ago. And he said he didn't think that they were going to get a deal done, which is, you know, like things change and vibes change. And and I think his point, Ian, was that it's got to the point where the ownership has to sort of step in business wise. I mean, you cannot just afford, for a lot of reasons, not only on the field but off the field. You cannot afford to lose Devers. I think that's where he was coming from when he said they're going to make an offer that he can't refuse. Because you and I both know this: is that Devers right now? He, number one, he has all the power. Number two, he's dug in and saying, "Hey, you know what? I don't. I'm not going to be compared to a, a guy like Matt Olson." This is a pretty
0: good player, by the way.
3: Right, he was a good player in uh, in Austin Riley, also. You know, so. Uh, but so when Buster says that, do you agree with it?
0: I don't think Buster is making that up. I mean, this guy is incredibly well sourced, uh, one of the best sourced baseball guys uh, in the country. So if he's saying that, I think that he's hearing it. And I think this ownership, Rob, you start with Chris Sale. They were like, we're not, not that it ended up being the right choice, but they're like, we're not going to make the John Lester mistake again. Well, they may they signed him and it did end up being a mistake. But you, you saw that was a case where that was clearly an ownership signing. And I think that you're going to see the same thing with Devers. They feel what the public perception is of this team right now is not good. They're right now it's Patriots, Celtics, um, Red Sox, a little bit over the Bruins maybe, but I mean they're at best the number three team in in town right now, and ownership uh, does not like to be the number three team. In
3: and, town. and the and the problem here is that you have you know it, you they'll say they have this money to spend. That's fine, yeah. but you got to, you got to spend it on something and you're going to have to spend it on a big ticket item. This is we, you know, I, you can, uh, you are there so you can maybe agree or disagree with this. But I looked at 2013 where 2013, they had the money from the Dodgers trade and they get the guys, the complimentary guys, right. the Victorinos the Naples, and so forth and so on. But two things, number one, they gave those guys three years. Like, they actually outbid teams right. for those guys. They were
0: very aggressive with their, They were very aggressive
3: right. with those guys because they had the money to be aggressive. Yeah. They, and remember, that was the narrative. Like, that's what they're doing. They're overpaying for these guys. And yeah. that's what they did. So, the perception right now is they're, they're not overpaying for anyone. And the, another huge difference in that approach is that back then they had foundation guys to go with them. You had David Ortiz, you had John Lester. The guys we're talking about now are the foundation guys,
0: right? Devers and Bogarts,
3: right? Exactly. So you know, I think this to what you're talking about, you reach the point where if you don't get them, like, well, what do you do? Like, yeah, you know, you I, I,
0: I, I think they will get Devers, uh, Bogarts. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. To me, he just looks like a little bit like um, No More Garcia Parra did towards the end in Boston, where he just looks like. He's he's not happy right now because of how you know he perceives that ownership treated him and it's carrying over and you can kind of see it and like you know last night he didn't talk uh, after the game I don't think it's because he's mad at ownership but it's just in general he's not feeling good about his place in the organization right now and that's too bad because this is a guy um, he should be a foundation piece and it's too bad that they didn't just make him a good faith offer. Uh, in spring training, because we are where we are right now, because he's, let's I feel face it, it, he I, was hurt.
3: I feel it's all come, and this might be misrepresenting it. If so, I apologize to Bogarts. But I feel it's coming all to a head where we started in spring training. And I, you know, I did a podcast with him. You can test the vibe that he was upset that they weren't valuing him more. But that was still the first week of April. And now you get into it, and you, you hear what the offers is, okay, you maybe it'll get better. He's having a good year, maybe it'll get better, but it's not getting better. There are no talks. There is no d- difference in terms of how they're valuing him. On top of it, now they draft two more shortstops right. with their two first two picks. On top of it, then they trade trade a guy that he feels like is a key guy in this whole equation, and Christian Vasquez. When they're saying they're trying to win,
0: and then so so. That's how it like. Uh, I, that's how it feels right now. I mean, at, <clears throat> at best, he's having a par year. I mean, he's not having a very good. I mean, he's got nine home runs. He's been stuck on, uh, you know, eight nine home runs here for quite a few weeks now. So he's not having his best year either. So it makes it kind of interesting within the context of the contract. He's got the three and sixty. Can you rip that up and, and well do and something? That's to be- that's
3: what's interesting, Ian, because. Like they're all about we're going to value how we value it. Like they look go to the Devers and say we value it, Matt Olson. That's what we value right now. Like on the surface, you say yeah, right. You're getting right now, but how is ownership going to see it differently? Fans going to see it differently. You know, do you factor that in at all? I mean, that's the interesting part to me, anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't know how they're going to factor this in, but I think priority number one, take care of this Devers thing. Don't let this hang over them anymore. Uh, we saw this with with Mookie Betts where they traded him in the same offseason that Devers is going to be going into this year entering the last year of his contract. So I think that the the first item on the table this winter is going to be to sign uh Rafael Devers to a long-term extension.
3: Well, all right, we we got a lot to talk about. Big game, Fork in the Road Sunday,
0: Ian. Big big game. Big game. We got Fork in the we got Fork in the Road Tuesday in Pittsburgh also.
3: Yeah. <laughs> No, that actually might be stick a fork in them Tuesday. (laughs) All right. Uh, if
0: they do in Pittsburgh what they did in Kansas City, yeah. uh, Then you can stick a fork.
3: Yeah. We could lay out the scenario where you get to through Baltimore and you feel a whole lot better about yourself. But A, you know, you haven't proven to, like you said earlier, you haven't proven that you can be that team. And B, it could vary. You lose two out of three in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and it had good luck to you.
0: When was the last time this team had like a 10 to 1 win? Every win is like. The win against Baltimore the other night is 4-3. It's coming down to the last pitch. I think it was 3-2 to two against the Yankees it, the Doesn't other it night.
3: feel like these games against Atlanta and the Yankees, and this is like such a simplistic way to look at it, they're trying really hard, but they just don't have enough.
0: Yeah, especially Atlanta, Rob. Atlanta is clearly like they just look better than the Red Sox in every way, especially in the bullpen, but even offensively too with such a deep lineup. The Red Sox are looking even worse than they are right now because they're three top hitters. They're three all-stars. Um, are all not hitting at the same time, and that's Devers, Bogarts, and J.D. I mean, who would think that all three of them would be in a long swamp? You aren't going
3: to win with that. And, Coop, we want to leave Ian with this the question of the day, which we haven't been asking people. But the question of the day, you remember the question of the I day? I remember the question of the day. All today. right, ask Ian if you will, please. All right,
4: so Red Sox are going to Williamsport. They're playing that game. Would you rather the big leaguers, when they do this game, play on a little league field, Everything, everything the same, roster the same, or... We can play at the regular field. They get to use metal bats.
0: Yeah, we got a relay zone.
4: Oh, I'm
3: sorry. Okay, so Coop asked, would you when they go to Williamsport? Yeah. Would you ask them which would you rather have? Would you have them play on a little league field, or would you have them play using a, on a regular
0: field using aluminum bats? Oh, that's that's a great one. Um, I would rather see them on our, on a little league field. I would too, because the aluminum bats might lead to death. Bring the twelve-year-old out, and all of us. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be uh, one of the few Boston media members with my boots on the ground uh, in Williamsport. So hopefully, we'll talk to you from there, Rob. Well,
3: maybe Coop and I will load up the Brad (laughs) Fow Show uh, Mystery Machine and and drive one down. All right. So Coop's like, no, I don't want to do
4: that. The Airbnb was enough, and
0: Cooper's done. The
4: Airbnb was enough.
3: All right, all right, Ian. Thanks so much. Uh, All right, we're going to keep rolling along. We're going to be with you all the way up until about six o'clock. Pre-game show takes over then. And then, obviously, the big game with uh, Joe Castiglione and Sean McDonnell and Will Fleming on the call. We'll be back right after this.
2: Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King,